everyone. Sorry this has been a bit delayed. I've uh, been trying to get around to edit this. There's always a big edit on the Fright Fest shows because the clips and whatnot. So as this is our first official show on the Legion Network, I'm absolutely ashamed that I got the input source wrong on my microphone and the backup didn't save. So unfortunately, my audio on this is absolutely shocking. Please do not think this is representative of what we will do going forward. Uh, normally I am much more on it than this i'm just a little bit out of practice because i haven't podcasted in quite a long time so if you can bear the audio quality please enjoy this podcast and uh, get your rundown of fright fest 2019 and we will catch you very soon
hell for Jennifer and I, and the fact that we get to come back and celebrate the world premiere with these guys on this big momentous occasion. I can't thank you guys enough, so please don't be shy. Come over, hug us. If you don't like me, do the reverse hug. You, you can, can just hug me. me. You can just yeah. hug Jennifer. <laughs> fine. Make some great memories. Make some friends. Be kind to one another. This is this is a beautiful, special moment. You have no idea how much that's going to affect other people's lives. And thank you for being the greatest fucking audience in the world, Alan. I promised I wasn't going to swear. I'm sorry. I'm also don't want. Sorry, but you guys are a career-making audience, and you made our careers. And during the nightmare that was making Rabbit, the light at the end of the tunnel was coming back to all of you, who I can't see. There's light in my eye. But it helps, so I'm not nervous. We're your fault. Thank you. Good night. Good night. <laughs>
Hello everybody, you thought we'd forgotten you, didn't you? Uh, welcome to this inaugural episode on the Legion Podcast Network. Um, some of you know I've been rattling around these parts for a while with obsessive cinema discourse. Well, you'll be glad to know the little pod of horrors is coming to Legion. So it's come to Legion. This is it. We've arrived. This is the first one. Um, but it's not one of our standard shows because we are doing our Fright Fest special, which is our roundup of all the gloriousness uh, of this year's uh, 20th anniversary of Fright Fest. And I am joined again. I say again, it was two years ago, <laughs> you were last year, sir, um, by the fantabulous Mr. John Dickinson. Um, welcome, sir. Hello, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. And uh, I, I always feel like I have to talk you into this, but I don't, do I? No, not at all. You say, <laughs> do you want to appear on my podcast? And I'm like, Ugh, go on, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I always like to, uh, you know, when, when I'm covering Fright Fest, is have someone who's far more... Uh, switched on, plugged in, educated about these matters and myself. Um, no, <laughs> you make me blush. You make me blush, boss. Uh, John is a horror expert par excellence. And, um, yeah, he... I, we, we met in Glasgow, what, five years ago, I think? Something like that. Maybe yes. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, I think it was five years ago. <laughs> I was going, I'm really excited about this one. He's like, yeah, I've seen it. Shit. Men fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that all too well. Um, yeah, it was it was uh, quite a crazy uh, event because I travelled up from Sheffield um, and, of all things, decided to get the Megabus. So, um, yeah, things were going really, really crazy. As you can imagine, it took an eternity to get there. And then once we got there, um, I was just knackered. So for the benefit of your listeners, um, hi, uh, my name's John Dickinson, uh, also known as Marvel Guy on Twitter. Um, I am a... Um, a film critic for Screen Magazine. I originally started out just as a blogger, just kind of writing about what I love, which is horror. And it all went from there. And then one interview with Adam Green, uh, followed by uh, quite a lot of interviews from that point on, uh, saw me sort of step away from my own blog and then join uh, Screen full time. Um, and through that, so yeah, I... Um, yeah, get uh, the good job of being able to kind of see films ahead of time, and uh, it's uh, you know it's uh, it's a perk of the job, shall we say? Well, is it? And then when you go to Fright Fest, you can go. Well, I may have seen this one, but this screen's enormous, <laughs> and I know oh, I want to see it that big. <laughs> 
that's it. I mean, Fright Fest now, especially now it's back at the Empire, which is fantastic because uh, all festival passes obviously uh, have access now to the IMAX screen. Um, and who doesn't want to watch obscure horror on the largest screen possible? Yeah, two houses high. Very large. The first two days are always like recalibrating my brain to like, shit, I always forget how big this is. And I always sit in the front row, which really doesn't help with that. But I do love the leg room. Yeah, I don't blame you. I honestly don't blame you. I was sat up in row J and yeah, let's just say the leg room was cramped. <laughs> you seem to be in the main screen a lot more this year than normal, than other years, I should say. Was that a thing? Yeah. Just seemed... I think it was just um, just in kind of circumstance, really. Obviously, anyone who's tried to book a ticket for Fright Fest now, because it has been so popular in the last 20 years that it's been uh, live, will we'll know that you know demand is incredibly high. So as a result of that, with the tickets going on sale, um, you know there were people saying it took them nearly two to three hours to obtain a ticket because of the speed of the system. But obviously, uh, the Fright Fest guys are always, always going to, try and look into that and try and improve the experience so when it came to uh, booking the discovery screens um, and that's where a lot of the fringe films uh, can be found um, unfortunately it was kind of the same so there's so many people trying to get limited tickets in each screen so the films that I wanted to see um, had actually gone um, so I thought, you know what, it's it's not too bad of an experience, really, when you think about Fright Fest. You know, it's it's just like you go to any sports um, sport event and you get a season ticket. So obviously that season ticket will get you a seat within uh, the home ground and obviously you can see the game without fail. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much the same for Fright Fest where you book your um your festival pass and you have that set seat in the main screen um and you know i'd say about eight out of ten times usually the lineup on the main screen is incredible anyway so every film on there um is worth checking out you know this year we've been really spoiled with come to daddy satanic panic uh ready or not um and obviously the closing film as well which uh, a good woman is is hard to find oh, God. you know some of these won't sit right with everyone but you know for the majority of fright festers that go so i anyone who loves horror um there's there's so there's so much to see so even though i wasn't able to get every single uh, discovery ticket on the fringe uh counterpart um i thought you know it's not too bad you've still got this season ticket you could, you know, you, you've still got the right to be able to see all these amazing films on the big screen. And some of these films will never, ever be seen on a cinema screen <laughs> yes. that big ever again. So it's an experience. So, <laughs> yeah, Sadly. yeah, definitely. Especially drone. Oof, more about that later. <laughs> oh, yes. That's going to be fun. Um, so yeah, those so, who know the show format normally when we do a Fright Fest um, special, there's a lot of films to get through. So it's it's five days if you count Thursday nights. There's three films on Thursday night, all day Friday, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, all day Monday of the bank holiday weekend. That's a lot of films. And uh, I used to record all the Q&As, all the interviews. We, like, Friday Fest was either a two, two and a half hour, two parters or five hours total or something stupid like that. <clears throat> so we're going to try and keep it to a minimum this time. And rather than sort of covering every single film every day and all the other possibilities, we're just going to sort of pick highlights that we want to talk about from each day um, and if I've got clips that match, then I'll drop those in in the edit later, basically. So that is the format. <laughs> so uh, opening film. We have to talk about the opening film. 
uh, Come to Danny. Which Roger, yeah, definitely. is not the making of the Aphex Twin music video, which is what I thought it was. <laughs> I should always also say, if you've not listened to the show before, I, I don't. I go to these festivals without reading the synopsis of anything, if I can, um, because I've been blindsided so many times by not knowing where the film's going, and a film can present one way and obviously twist into something else halfway through, which is one of the things I love about horror, because it seems to do it a lot. Uh, I just like to go in as ignorant as possible. So, of course, I know nothing. You are playing pure John Snow right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, come to Daddy. What did you think? Um, I thought it was really proficient. <laughs> but I wasn't sure for the longest time. And then as it sort of gets to its end game, um, it all just seemed to lock into place for me. And I, I came away sort of loving it. Um, but it's odd for me to not love a film for the duration if you know what I mean. I was, I was very on the fence for quite a lot of it. Um, I, I love Elijah Wood. I think he's great. Um, and there were some great moments. But I think maybe the horror fan in me was like, I can see where this is going. And then, of course, I was wrong. <laughs> That's the point. I went, okay, I like this film. But <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Uh, come to Daddy uh, from uh, director and Simpson. Um really um, didn't, for me, know where it was going for the first kind of 60 minutes of it. And I guess that's part of its charm. Mm. Um, it's, it's kind of a film about um, this guy uh, called Norval, played by Elijah Wood, who basically uh, is invited back to his childhood home by his estranged father. And on his arrival, um, some weird stuff starts to happen. So during the first 60 minutes, when it shows him reconnecting with his dad, I was kind of a bit lost um, to the point where, where is this going? Very much like in position where you were, Boz. Um, and then all of a sudden, bang, out of nowhere, um, you know, without spoiling anything, something happens and the film completely flips on its head. And I think that's when um, it kind of engages a lot more um, uh, kind of, it would engage a lot more with the horror crowd because the first half is kind of a, you know, kind of just a uh, a weird kind of kooky drama. Yeah. Um, and then it goes to the climax and it's pure horror. It goes to some really out there places, but as a whole, um, it's, it's only half a good film for me, mm. uh, which is a shame because the film itself looks absolutely amazing. I think, uh, Anne Simpson did a great job. Um, the cast are, are fantastic, but you know, hat off to Elijah Wood. Yeah. He is amazing in this film. You know, he wowed us all in, in Maniac, mm. um, and he's, he's starred in a number of different indie hits, and this is why I'm starting to love Elijah Wood a lot more now, because he's willing to take risks, mm. um, because obviously he has his own production company now, and as he's going forward, he's, to me, he's becoming a trusted name of horror, so if he's involved with the project, I know very well, in my mind, there's something worth investing in, just like with Mandy. Obviously, there was a Nick Cage connection, and yeah, Elijah Wood was a producer on that and he was the reason why I was involved with that kind of thing. But just coming back to Come to Daddy, he gave me chills, but not until very late in the film. Um, but to be honest, a fantastic way just to kick off right first. Yeah, it was, yeah. It left you on the sort of, yes, we're in. <laughs> we're off and rolling. <laughs> like the first dip in the roller coaster. So, yeah, it's it set us up nicely for the next one, uh, which... Had its cinema run this week. I presume it didn't it do is. that well. <laughs> Actually, I heard 
favourable things about it. Um, it. And it surprised me. We're talking about Crawl, which is um, Jaws with alligators in Florida in a hurricane. You don't need to know anything else but that. Um, <laughs> I had the lowest of low expectations. And, uh, like, given that a hurricane was on its way to Florida at the beginning of this week, I was just yeah. told my friends, I was like, oh, God, you're all going to be eaten by alligators. That's all I could think. Um, but <laughs> I thought it was really well handled. Um, I love the director anyway. I can never remember his name. Is it Andrea? Uh, Alexandre Aja. That's you say, Aja. Yeah. And was yeah. It, he did the Evil Dead remake, didn't he? Uh, he was a producer, I believe. Um, Alexander Arger did um, Piranha, uh, oh, that, that was Piranha 3D. Yes, sorry. Yeah, I was yeah. yeah so, uh, yeah, another water-based one. Um, but some great little sort of jump scares and you think you know where it's going and there's a few little, oh, I like what you did there. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, it may be laughing, maybe a bit tense and, yeah, just a perfectly good by-the-numbers horror flick, really. Exactly. It's aquatic horror. Uh, it's brainless aquatic horror. That's exactly how I would uh, <laughs> describe Crawl. Uh, throw in Kea Scolidelario, I believe is her name, <laughs> uh, who, you know, UK audiences would definitely recognise her from stuff like Skins. She's been in a whole host of different things. Um, but she was sort of superhuman. The amount of stuff she goes through in this film, I'm kind of <laughs> like, yeah, that's not realistic. So anyone who goes to watch this with kind of this is a, a very serious thriller. Yes, it's played for straight. However, mm. you just need to just check your brain at the door and just enjoy it for the heart racing thriller that it is. And guaranteed you're going to have so much fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then we get Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which was one of the ones I was nervously looking forward to. Um, mm-hmm. Again, because I didn't do any reading up before it, all I knew is it was... Uh, Guillermo del Toro in on production credits and so on, I think in producer role, um, <clears throat> which, you know, is normally a sign of quality, but I didn't realise what, I didn't know about the American books that this is based on. So then I would have known going forward that it was going to be aimed PG-13, um, which is a shame because uh, in terms of the way it's made, the subject matter, the, the gribblies, all of that kind of thing, um, I really enjoyed most of that, but again, the horror fan in me just wanted wanted to be wanted it more, bit of a more violent and splattery and everything else, basically. Than it was. <laughs> but that's just me. I'm weird. No, I, I skipped out of this one um, purely because um, I well, Cineworld, which is a big UK chain. Uh, cinemas here um, actually ran it as a secret screening and I had no idea I was expecting Fast and Furious Hobson Shaw but no I got scary stories so you can imagine I was the only one in the screen to actually cheer and everyone else was like what? <laughs> um, but yeah um, you, you know I grew up on Are You Afraid of the Dark on Nickelodeon so mm. I love kind of that kind of throwback that kind of nostalgia and that's kind of what I was expecting scary stories to be okay. Um Sadly for me, it didn't hit, hit the beats or my expectations. Um, so, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. There are some incredible sequences in there. I mean, if you think about the actual stories themselves, the Harold um, segment without spoilers, the Scarecrow um, mm. was phenomenal. Really I think well, the first man. half of the film, yeah, exactly. The first half of the film, tremendous. 
fantastic, really scary. Uh, I was quite surprised just how far uh, they were willing to push the horror elements and the sense of danger. But it all just falls apart in the final act. It's kind of like we're, we're going to set up the first half of the film as though it's kind of an in-your-face horror film and, you know, we'll hit all the right beats. But then actually we're a bit scared of where we're taking this. So we're going to kind of rein ourselves in a little bit and kind of forge a film that sits very well with kind of like the childhood, uh, the childish kind of aspect that Goosebumps had. And I think because they struggle to kind of mix sort of the seriousness of the first half and then the damn right just kind of, you know, we want to kind of dial back all our horror. We want to go into sort of like PG horror and go from there. Um, it was just two tones that didn't really mix and it just falls apart at the last part. And that's a real shame. And it will have fallen apart here at the box office as well, because <clears throat> very often as it happens, you get a PG-13 rating in the States, which then hits a 15 here. And then it's not scary enough, really, or doesn't have anything in it, really, to justify the 15 ratings. It's, it's sort of, it's going to miss its core market, really. Yeah, I completely agree. Mm. So, um, <laughs> it's, it, it's worth a watch if you come across it, but I wouldn't rush out and see it. Uh, yeah, definitely. Did you catch anything else when you skipped out, or did you just go to the pub? <laughs> I can't remember. I, uh, I I literally just went back to my hotel. I was in I was at Fright Fest for the Best of the Fest festival on the Wednesday. So, mm. well, the Best of the Fest show at the Phoenix. Uh, so I got very little sleep, and yeah, I'd already seen scary stories. I was kind of like bed please Bedtime, yeah yeah exactly so because yeah. obviously friday is such a long day anyway it's like from 10 a.m all the way through to half one so of course you want to gonna you you want to have your rest uh <laughs> otherwise you'll let it fall asleep you know mm-hmm. um which will happen anyone who goes to fight this you will fall asleep not because the film makes you sleepy it's just because you are so tired yeah um but yeah so let's crack on tell me about friday it even happens to Mark Kermode, apparently, because I was listening to their podcast this week, and um, he told a story about how he was nudged awake with a, you're snoring from Alan Jones at Fright Fest. <laughs> so I guess it even happens to him. I feel better now. <laughs> but to be fair, if Mark Kermode was like snoring behind me or in front of me, I would totally just leave him be because I love that man. <laughs> uh, made me chuckle. So, yeah, Friday. <laughs> um, so the first film... Dark Encounter. Um, mm-hmm. This is an alien abduction story. And we get these at Fright Fest. It's a fantasy festival as well. And um, it, it, <laughs> we've had a few of these over the years, haven't we? And I, I kind of, uh, I'm a bit like, uh, aliens. Pfft. You can see by the poster and you know, where it's going. And something about this film grabbed me in the first five minutes. I think um, it was a lot to do with the way it was shot. Uh, a lot of the camera moves the narrative devices they did in terms of style and the lighting and the performances it just hooked me in right away and i don't know why i was just fully invested and then when the film finished it's like everyone around me was like well yeah it's all right it could be you know, and they just also talking a bit negatively about it and i just felt it was a really weird reaction i sort of felt weirdly defensive about the film i mean they weren't having a go at it they were just sort of saying how it could have been better it's baggy in the middle uh it, it does take a bit too long about a few things. But on the whole, I loved this movie. <laughs> I just afterwards going, but, but, it was good. <laughs> so, that's how my day started. See, I, I missed this one. Um, I didn't go to the first film in the main screen simply because 
I had the opportunity to go to uh, the world premiere of Scott Beck and Brian Woods' Haunt over in the Discovery screen oh, in the did. Prince Charles, which is fantastic. Right. Um, so Scott Beck, Brian Woods, who are responsible for giving us a quiet place, you know, two mm. really, really talented guys who knows what it takes to scare someone, um, taking on the subject matter of uh, extreme haunts. So Haunt itself, absolutely fantastic. Also produced by uh, Eli Roth. Um, basically takes a group of uh, sort of college um, students who are wanting to celebrate Halloween in the best way possible by going to a pop-up extreme haunt um, where people go and pay to get scared, essentially. So these mm-hmm. group go into this extreme haunt and house attraction and... Um, only to find out that the people who are running it are masked serial killers and hunt them down one by one. Um, so it's, it's typical slasher set within the boundaries of a haunted horror maze. Um, and yeah, it's very clunky in parts, but having Scott Beck and Brian was not only writer, but also director. Um, I know it was in good hands and boy, does it look amazing on screen there are actual um death scenes in this film chase scenes um even stuff you wouldn't normally find creepy there's just an added kind of flair added to every single shot within this film and i just fucking loved it awesome can't wait to see that there was a very bad version of that a few years ago i can't remember what it was called um is it houses of halloween or something like that uh, I love that. I love that. Uh, I did, yeah. I As you see, Boz, I, I love anything scary, so I will put myself <laughs> at risk to kind of go through these houses. And, you know, God forbid anything happens to me whenever I do something like this. Uh, but luckily, it's not too bad. So well, we, we know yeah. you died happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He died with a smile on his face, but not for that reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Chelsea smile on his face. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad that was good. I'm definitely going to look out for that one. I, I have yeah, heard people bigging that one up. Because mm. there's always, <laughs> I actually, I asked um, Mitch from Strong Language and Violent Scenes. It was bloody cheeky of me because he they went to the whole effort of doing um, like a minisode saying, right, here's the stuff coming up at Fright Fest. If you want to go to Discovery Screens, you know, here are the ones to look out for. And I was like, uh-huh. I don't want to listen to that because it's going to give me too much information. Can you just give me a list of films? <laughs> yeah, it was far too busy. It was a cheeky, cheeky ass request. But I, I, I just wanted a method whereby I could get the recommendations. But tell me nothing <laughs> about the film. <laughs> yeah, so. it's kind of like you just build my uh, viewing uh, schedule, please. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Um, so the next one on the main screen was cut off, uh, which was German language um, from memory it's all a blur <laughs> <laughs> all the films are into one yeah um the really it's basically a treasure hunt movie with corpses and i don't want to say any more than that um except that i bloody loved this film um mm. it was really imaginative it set you up in two different places um it's it looks glorious uh it's very blue <laughs> you know some of those films just go it's a very blue film <laughs> just blue filters everywhere um, funny gory cringe inducing um, and it keeps you guessing till the end uh, what a brilliant film uh, if you see this coming again it's got subtitles so it will be 
not given the attention it deserves, much like the treatment from a few years ago. Uh, but if you can get hold of it, I definitely would. Okay. I'll put that on my list because this is also uh, the second film that I missed in the uh, main screen because I was over in the Prince Charles again uh, mm. to watch uh, Travis Stevens' um, directorial uh, debut, actually, for the UK premiere, Girl on the Third Floor. Uh, it's the mm. one starring CM Punk. So essentially, for those listeners, listeners interested in this, um, Girl on the Third Floor stars uh, CM Punk. So any wrestling fans know who that is. I didn't until I saw this film. I was like, oh, I do need to know what he what he is from now because it's quite tasty. But anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, so basically Girl on the Third Floor, sorry, start that again. Girl on the Third Floor, directed by Travis Stevens, is uh, kind of like a haunted house film about a ghost living on the third floor of this house that CM Punk is going to renovate. So um, has, as he moves in, he meets uh, this mysterious neighbor. Uh, the two have a little fling and this kind of kicks off um, at this really creepy, gross um haunted house movie um but uh what was strange is seeing just how much um gore and bodily fluids are used in this film so uh, leave that to your own imagination <laughs> yeah um yeah i'm not going to say anything else other than uh if you've got a strong stomach uh, and you certainly liked uh, we are still here um then imagine kind of a more gory version of we are still here. Um, right yeah, laid on a bed of pure sex. So it's a bed of that... Night of the Virgin mixed in with it as well. Then. Oh, it's not as fucking awful as that film. <laughs> no, this is very restrained. But Travis Stevens, absolutely fantastic. I was really worried um, about his directorial debut simply because he's used to just producing, and it's always interesting to see how producers who are obviously very deeply involved with the filmmaking aspect go behind the camera because either it can be really really good or really really bad mm. but i'm pleased to say that travis stevens amazing so certainly go on the third floor you should see it cool that's going on the list as well <laughs> which will take me a year to catch up with it always does um <laughs> actually i recently resubscribed to shudder and i was like oh yes oh, oh there's loads of them have popped up since i yeah. let it lapse recently so that's good um so did did you catch knives and skin I did. And? I didn't like it. Okay. <laughs> the best thing about the film was um, its karaoke moment, shall we say. Um, mm. I thought, number one, it's not a horror film. Nope. Number two, it had no place at Fright Fest. Mm. Uh, and number three, I can understand this was, I believe it's Paul's pick, so Paul McAvoy. Um, I believe it was his pick and he loved the film. It's his festival. If he wants to show a film, let him show a film. But if I knew now, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if, if I knew ahead of time that, you know, it's not going to sit as a horror film, then I, I probably would have skipped it and gone mm. elsewhere. But uh, what do you think? Well, quite a few people, I think, walked on this one and, myself and the bipeds um we all stuck it out because there was a sort of a weird charm to it that kept us and we kind of wanted to see where it was going even though some of the moments were like what <laughs> what the fuck i was like, just trying to work out what the hell was the thought process behind half of it um but yeah. when i came out i sort of said it's a cross between glee pitch perfect and napoleon dynamite accurate 
um, sort of remove some of the likability of Pitch Perfect from it. I, it's very strange movie. I know people who will adore this movie, uh, but I am not one of them. Uh, I just yeah. found it a bit too strange. Um, I didn't even really like the way it was put together so much. Because um, I can I can generally, if a film's not going so well, I'll stick it out if I can, if I'm really enjoying the camera work or the, you know, the, the style, the, the soundtrack, there's the something to hold me, then I'll, I'll, I'll go along with this. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't even really like the singing bits because it was a bit too alternative. <laughs> so I know that kept some people's interest, but yeah, it wasn't really for me. So uh, yeah, yeah, this is that better. Uh, right, next read. Well, <laughs> we are doing every film. We just said we weren't going to do. <laughs> um, we can speed it up if we need to. I, 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 I for one didn't see the next films because I decided to go and get something to eat instead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kindred Spirits. Um, I, I'm looking at the title now. I don't remember what it was, and I think my review of the film afterwards was uh, when I try and do my show in two weeks' time, which it normally is. I'm not going to remember much about this film, and that's exactly what's happened. So. Um, I'm afraid I can't really comment on that one. I think it was the one that was supposed to be a bit like um, Charmed, sort of a setup. Uh, uh, oh yeah, that was it. Like Mother's aunt moves in, and she seems really nice, but she starts to sort of pit the family against everybody, and the boyfriend against the girlfriend, and blah 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 blah. Nothing mm-hmm. original. It's okay. Oh, yeah. uh, um, and then the All next right. next film was Bliss. Oh, which I fucking love. <laughs> this was amazing. Joe Begos, he's, he's just a fantastic filmmaker. And he really I think is. He, yeah. he really knocked it out of the park with this. He is phenomenal. You know, um, who doesn't want to watch a vampire film um, on IMAX uh, told through the eyes of, you know, um, metal and a, dr- a drug-fueled fancy? It's, it's <laughs> insane. Yeah, fueled uh, by black cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, it's it's fantastic. I think this is an example of what the real Joe Bagos is, because obviously he's he's done a couple of films now. He's done Almost Human. Uh, he's also done The Mind's Eye. Yeah, um, and as a result of those, it, it it kind of feels that Joe does his best work when he's not actually trying to make a formulaic thriller or a horror. With this, he's just let off the reins, and he just has a whole lot of fucking fun with it. And I am, I'm here, I'm living for it. I, I think it was fantastic, and it still has me thinking and holding it as well as the best one with that still for me. Wow, really? Gosh. Yeah, I it was that good. Couldn't push it that far, but <clears throat> it was one. <laughs> it, it was one I had to think on later, actually, because I, I think I was just so like gobsmacked by it when I watched it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I was getting sort of dissenting views from other sides as well, <laughs> so which made me analyse it slightly differently. But when I step mm. back and look at it, well, what did I think as it was going on? I love the soundtrack. I love the style of it. <clears throat> Even when it's really frenetic and over the top, it's just so crazy at times. Um, but it's it's kind of freeing. Uh, I do wonder how much like careful planning there was in some of it as though, or they just went, right, just fucking do this. I'm going to point a camera at you. Cause that's what it felt like at times. Um, mm-hmm. the color palettes that are, oh, yeah, it was just superb. A uh, Graham skipper as usual. Didn't get my it's yearly great. picture with him. Very disappointed. <laughs> but, 
uh, Graham Skipper, you know, the entire lot of them, you know, you've got Joe Begos, Graham Skipper, uh, Josh Edia as well. Um, they're just an absolutely Matt Mercy. Oh, of course. How could I forget Matt? Um, but yeah, just as a group, it's like, I can't imagine practice without them now. But uh, yeah, so what came on after that then? Um, that was Bullets of Justice, which I I took I took the opportunity to skip out and blag a Discovery screen ticket because I I struggled like everyone else to book any. Um, mm-hmm. But people said, "Oh, you can just try your luck at the desk." So I did, and they had one. Because um, when there's a film called Porno, you, you've got to go and see it, really. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in Fright Fest, because you're like, "What is this going to be?" <clears throat> And it, it was a hell of a lot of fun, actually. But from what I heard, I should have stuck in the main screen to see Bullets of Justice. I think. Yeah, I, I, I kind of heard that as well. I did the same as you. I, I went and watched porno, or should I say half the screen through someone's afro. Because uh, the seats I had were just awful. And the guy sat in front of me yeah, had uh, quite a a big head of hair oh, uh, because it's, it's the way that the Prince Charles uh, screen downstairs is seated mm-hmm. um, because now um, the seats are no longer high backed and they, they're just standard seats essentially um, you know if there's someone tall set in front of you then there's no point so I ended up walking out not because the film was uh, well, I didn't enjoy the film it was a case because I couldn't see the film oh, I, um, flagged it. I was on the back row with the cool kids and I had a seat next to me Oh, but yeah, well, I felt awful because the director was sat there as I was leaving the screen. Oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, oh, love okay, you, film, so bye. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, did you see the entire thing then? I did, yeah, yeah. I uh, I was battling the sleeps um, about two thirds through it, but that's no disrespect to the film. And, yeah. Uh, when, when they sort of lined up what the premise was of a, a bunch of Christian kids and a cinema owner, um, mm-hmm. and then they find some old pornography in the basement basically um but it's satanic pornography so fear not um and the whole debate over whether to watch it and all this kind of thing it was it was funny it could have been funnier um given the that subject to, to write with but yeah it's it's just a good fun um comedy sexy sort of satanic movie really <laughs> so i i do find I know I shouldn't, but I do find it a bit weird when they're like the actress is there and she spends most of the time in the film completely naked, and then you sort of walk past them and you're like, "Everybody here's seen you naked." Like, <laughs> if they're fine with it, then I should be fine with it. But I'm just slightly like, oh, "Hi, that was great. Thanks, bye." <laughs> oh, bless you. I'm just bashful, I guess. Oh, that's fine. But uh, Bullets of Justice um, stars Danny Trejo and uh, uh, Pigs, I think. People dressed uh-huh. as pigs, people who are pigs, and lots of weird shit goes on there. Apparently, it was a real giggle. So I'm looking forward to trying to catch that somewhere else. I'll so, keep an eye on it. I, I think the Fribus guys um, knew that it was a success. So it'll probably pop up on Shudder somewhere. So just mm-hmm. keep your eye open. Yeah. So Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, we started with Mary. Oh, now. God. <laughs> This is another one that suffers from I don't remember. <laughs> Just That's probably for the best. It's probably for the best. Um, 
The only thing I really remember from Mary is Gary Oldman plays the dad of the family oh, who yes, decides to invest in a boat. Um, and the previous owner of the boat disappeared in mysterious circumstances. So obviously the family restore the boat, take it out on the open sea, and then scary shit happens. And what happens next is one jump scare after another jump scare yeah. after another jump scare. And these are jump scares which are so fucking awful that anyone could, you know, achieve the same effect on After Effects. It's completely amateur at best. Mm-hmm. Gary Oldman was clearly just uh, cashing in a check. Um, and yeah, his new yeah. conservatory is nice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, I think the less so about Mary. Uh, for me, Saturday was was very disappointing as a whole, mm-hmm. in all honesty. Um, but yeah, so, um, yeah. yeah. It was Haunted House on a boat, wasn't it, basically? pretty much it was yeah i I don't even want to talk about it anymore what 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 was next Uh, next was the um brazilian film (laughs) bloody mary versus not the ghostbusters (laughs) next next no ghost ghost killers versus bloody mary um weird film yeah it was fucking awful it was an offensive piece of trash um i hated it from the moment it started to the moment it finished um i would have walked out but to be honest i was still pretty much tired from the night before to the point where i was like okay i can use this as an opportunity to fall asleep but because there was a loud noise and a shriek every two seconds i was rudely woken up and i was thinking you know what why am i here it should have been one of those films that i walked out on why i managed to sit there for the entirety of the film I'll have no idea why that's that's time I will never get back. Yeah. I will never watch that film ever again. There were a couple of very ill-advised jokes, uh, some <laughs> really fucking inappropriate ones. Um, like the ones that get near the knuckle were hilarious, but then they're just ones that pop across the line, and you're like, no, no, that's <laughs> that isn't cricket. And it's a pretty open-minded audience they're playing to as well. So for yeah, exactly. And if you're gonna if you're going to alienate, I mean, I would imagine that, I think we mentioned this at the time, uh, just after watching the film, that a lot of the jokes may have been misconstructed um, yeah. in translation lost in there. Yeah. Um, but this jokes, and then there's just right, it's just, anyway, next. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, next was Feedback, um, which is the, <clears throat> about a radio host who basically... Uh, very clever they set it up with a soundproof studio and it's basically hijacked and he's told to keep doing his live show um, while his, uh, there's masked gunmen in the next room, basically. And it unfolds from there. It's quite politically prescient um, British film starring... Is it Eddie Marsden? Get that right? I have no idea. I, 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 I was so... Um angry after watching ghost colors i actually <laughs> decided to take a break i was like i need to calm down so i missed that one but yeah um i hear good things about feedback though yeah, uh, it's it out good. now i believe on vod so if anyone wants to check it um you know go check the trailer if it's something you're interested in then go see it yeah definitely worth a watch and it's got my mate um richard break in it the first and oh. original night king <laughs> 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 so. anyway mm-hmm. so yeah so after that was the amazing the drone 
and I use amazing in, in speech marks. You just can't see me right now. So inverted commas, be amazing. I think I love you. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> For all the it reasons they won. want you to love it. Yeah, exactly. And it's about a drone that becomes sentient and tries to kill people. Um, uh, it's what more do you want? I mean, someone was going to do it. I guess. It's kind of like Child's Play 2.0, but instead of it going into a doll, it goes into a drone. So you've got a serial killer who, for some reason, gets his soul transplanted into a killer drone and decides to continue on his, um, or on its, rather. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, Rampage to get his old missus back. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, Buzz. I have got a place in my heart for films so bad they're good. I mean, you know, I love Sharknado. I absolutely adore it. Uh, I miss it so much. I kind of wish that Sharknado was coming back, but no, there'll be something else. But anyway, um, but going back, this film was shit. But he knew it was shit. The opening line is delivered so intentionally badly. Um, and, and the reason I sort of I give it a pass on all the performances is because... Um, me and names, for fuck's sake. What was her name? The lady from Starry Eyes. Lead actress oh, in this film. Like, like, oh, God. Is it so- <laughs> a, you come out of Fright Fest, you're just like, names, names, God. names. Fans are going to be like, what the hell? Yeah, you what? suck. <laughs> Send your okay. hate mail too. <laughs> oh, one sec, one sec, one sec. Oh, God, what's her name? It's going to come to It's literally. Let's move on to the next film. Anyway, oh, she is phenomenal. Like, when we saw Starry Eyes, I was absolutely... Alex Esso. Alex Esso. There you go. There we go. Yeah, she blew me away with her performance in that film. Like, one of the mm. best I've ever seen. Like, Oscar-worthy, as far as I'm concerned. Maybe I'm overblowing it, but there we are. Um, but <laughs> there's a line, there's a bit in this where she walks in and there's some drone parts on the floor. She goes, oh, no. <laughs> and it's... Like, for her to deliver that line that badly must have been an effort. So they put effort into performing badly. And, like, the idea... I don't know if you've ever been in a room indoors when a drone has taken off. It's one of the loudest things on Earth, right? (laughs) This thing Mm -hmm. routinely sneaks in the room behind somebody, looks over their shoulder to see what they're doing on the computer, and sneaks back out. It's like, in reality, all the hair would have flown up on the back of her head. All the papers would have gone off the desk because of the downforce from the propellers. It's ridiculous. And I loved it for it. <laughs> oh, God. I'll take you a word for it. I didn't like it, on the other hand. I'm just going to say that I it just isn't a film for me. So I'm happy to move on. Shall we move okay. on? We just move on. Uh, <laughs> did you watch Madness in the Method? No, I went and watched Halloween Party over in the Discovery screens. Uh, what was Madness like? Was it any good? <laughs> well, because I have a soft spot for Jason Mewes, um, I gave it a lot of slack that a lot of people wouldn't have done. And I, I heard a couple of people who just weren't familiar with uh, Jane Silent Bob or Kevin Smith's work generally, and they were not impressed. Um, it's very in that culture and, you know, you... You know the stuff, you've got a fondness for it, you'll enjoy this movie. Um, this is directorial debut, uh, produced by Dominic Burns, and uh, Owen Tooth also worked on it, friend of the show. And, uh, yeah, it's been in production a while, and I enjoyed it, but I don't think I was in the majority. But it did oh, make okay. me chuckle. 
It is very self-referential. There, <laughs> <laughs> there. It, it can't be that bad then. So, um, yeah. Well, did you stay for the final song of the night? It, it was Halloween party. No good then. <laughs> uh, it's. Uh, have you? Did you uh, watch There Are Monsters when it played at Glasgow? <laughs> yes. Then you've seen Halloween Party. Oh God! Uh, that film made me actually it, angry. That I don't often get angry at films. <laughs> there Are Monsters made me angry. It's done by the same director, right? And it is essentially, um, okay. So. The whole premise of Halloween Party is again surrounding a group of college kids who uh, one of them comes across a virus, a Halloween based virus, which uh, basically asks you what your worst fear is Mm -hmm. and gives you 30 seconds. And if you don't type in what your actual fear is, um, then your fear will manifest and come and kill you, essentially. So as um, people are asked to enter their fear, uh, some lie, some don't get uh, the time, uh, well, get, didn't respond in time for the timer, um, then, <laughs> God, I'm laughing because it was so awful. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's just a big old mess of a film. Okay. Um, and it was really bad as well because I had the director and the cast sat to my left. Ah, so yeah, it's not as though I could get up and move because even though I'm not enjoying the film, I still respect the fact that these are filmmakers who are making something they feel very passionate about, something that they think is very, very good. And, you yeah. know, if anyone's willing to go to that kind of it, that that length to kind of bring something to life, what they feel very passionate about, that that they love, who am I at that point to say, sorry, your film shit, I'm not going to watch it. I'll pay respect to them and and stay to the end credits. Yeah. Um. But um. Yeah. It, it... No one sets out to make a bad one. I always have to remind myself of that. But <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's just to me, it's as though the director didn't really learn anything from the the original. It was it was almost as though someone who's never seen a horror film before has kind of made a horror film which they think is a horror, but in reality is not. Mm. It's just one trope after one boring trope after one boring trope again. And you just think, what? There is no point to that. So, you know, maybe it could be because I was feeling tired around the time that it was uh, screening, uh, which we all know fatigue can affect how you enjoy something. But yeah, yeah Halloween Party, not a, not a good show for me. Okay. Well, the final film on the main screen uh, was called Why Don't You Just Die? And you have to say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> what a name. Yeah. Um, it's a Russian movie. Uh, takes place mostly in one flat in Russia. And it's a boyfriend coming home, well, going to meet the in- the parent, the in-law, what would be the in-laws, you know, the girlfriend's parents. But she's not in. And the dad sort of invites him in. And there's, it, there's tension there from the get-go. And this film... Uh, the, the intro we had was, if you don't love this after 10 minutes, then you're not going to love it. And, then, you know, if you want to go home, you can sort of thing. Um, after 10 minutes, we're like, yep, we're in. <laughs> it totally had my attention. I, It is brutal. It is funny. It's gory. It makes you wince. Um, it's brilliantly choreographed. It's, it's a masterclass in, like, 
single location filmmaking and just making it completely compelling. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy this. It's just in my top three of the whole festival, this movie. Um, I hope wow. it does well, and I hope it gets a decent release because I will I will say to everybody, get me to watch this film. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll have to add that to my list. That uh, yeah, I think you'll love it personally. Okay, I'll certainly try that. Then. I just got to the point where I was so tired at the end of the day, and I was kind of rushing home with subtitles this late at night. Where I really <laughs> put myself through it, mm. so um, I ended up um, going to the Phoenix and having a few drinks. Stay <laughs> No, 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 I was in bed for 12 o'clock. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so it's all good. So that was Saturday. Again, as I said, for me, it was very meh. I mean, what what was it for you? Did you enjoy it? Um, yeah, because I, I enjoyed... Because I, I enjoyed The Drone and Madness in the Method, where others probably didn't. For me, it was still a pretty strong day. But I can understand why for other people... It was a weekday, and then if they skipped the last film. So, yeah, if yep. you just watched Mary through to Madness in the Method in the main screen, you'd have gone home probably disappointed. Um, I guess it just pays to be Mr. Easily Pleased sometimes. <laughs> hey, and there's there's no point in criticising that, because that's, that's magic right there. Yeah. Okay, so Sunday the 25th of August started off with one of the films which, for me, was the most hotly anticipated film uh, of the festival, uh, but also turned out to be a cracker of a film, and that's Spiral. It was good, yeah. So bloody good. Mm. Um, I think what we need is more LGBT horror, um, and Spiral kind of is um, an LGBT take on Get Out, essentially, or at least that was how it was um, kind of sold to us. So this comes from director Curtis David Harder, um, you know, the guy who um, directed What Keeps You What You Know What Keeps You Alive and It Stains the Sands Red. Um, oh, okay. and it's it's fantastic. In this, the same sex couple move to a small town so they can enjoy a better quality of life and raise their sixteen year old daughter with the best social values. Mm. But nothing is it seems in the picturesque neighborhood when Malik, who is one of the guys, Sees the folks next door throwing a very strange party. Something very shocking has got to give. Mm. Um, this is one of those films which I think the less you know, yeah. um, <laughs> the more you can get out of it. So I don't think we need to discuss this anymore other than please keep this on your watch list. Uh, if you listen to this and you get the opportunity to watch this film. So that spiral directed by Kate's David Harder. And actually that's a great double bill with what keeps you alive as well. It is. It really is. Um, if you want to do an LGBT-themed horror evening, there's two. <laughs> so definitely. Yeah. I wonder if the. I wonder if um, you know the director is actually gay or not. But uh, I've not seen it. Stands. It stains the sounds red. So I don't know if there's any LGBT uh, themes in there. But um, well, he's um. Uh, it's Brittany. I would say Brittany Murphy. It's not Brittany Allen. Who is in hmm. Stains of Sounds Red? It's his partner, I believe. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, well. Because they, they both came up to Glasgow. Yeah. And obviously, she's in What Keeps You Alive as well. It's uh, fantastic. Oh, she is. Mm. Ah, okay, yeah. Well, even still, though, um, you know, he, he touches on a lot of elements there, which are fantastic. And mm. 
an actual representation, which is fantastic to have that in horror. But yeah, uh, let's not talk any more about that other than we thought it was amazing. Yes, and yeah. can't give anything away. <laughs> nope. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, and then bringing it right back down again, uh, Eat Brains Love. <sighs> Next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yep, I next. So kinda, what I, what the, hated that. <laughs> that's fine. Let's move on. Let's move on. So, Dan, oh, Daniel isn't real. How fucking good was that? It was weird, but I kind of love it for it. It's yeah. It, it tiptoes on that line of sort of surrealism that normally makes me check out of a movie, but it didn't cross the line, so it kept me on board. <laughs> but it was it was getting close to that. But just yeah. in the, uh, I suppose, what was it the the badass version of Drop Dead Fred, basically. Um, it was, yeah. It was as though um, it was a drug fueled kind of remix of Drop Dead Fred. It was, it was, mm. it was fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, the more at first, when I came out of the film, I didn't have any opinion. I remember having this conversation with you, mm. thinking that I need to see it again before I can make a, a full opinion on it. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? It's been what two, three weeks since Fright Fest now. Mm. And I can't stop thinking about it. There's just so many key scenes in the film that I think is absolutely amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, fantastic as well that I believe this has been picked up by Arrow, if I remember right. Yeah, I think so. They mentioned that, didn't yeah. they? Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's been picked up by Arrow because yeah. it was from the Q&A for the uh, Blu-ray, which is coming out in January. Of course, yes, yes. Yeah, mm. so fantastic. So, yeah, definitely Daniel isn't real. Adam Egypt Mortimer, absolutely fantastic piece of work. Definitely worth checking out. Yeah. Um, and some great visuals in that. I won't tell you what mm-hmm. it is because you need to see it. But yeah, if you, if you like if you like an imaginary friend, you'll like this film. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, then we had something you've seen twice now, which I'm jealous. I'm going to see it very <laughs> soon. Uh, Ready or Not, which is our sort of, it's like our main studio big budget film that we have every year. We have one each year, don't we? It seems, at least. Um, this stars Samara Weaving, and it's the deadly game of hide-and-seek. Uh, I thought this was... Looking at the posters before going in, I thought this was going to be like a period piece. Um, and it wasn't. <laughs> it was, Did you really have no idea where it was about before you saw it? No, because I don't read up on anything, do I? I just And I haven't seen any trailers or anything, so I, I was just such I know a you say surprise. that, but, you know... The, the, I knew about this film like about six or eight weeks ago and now I've just been looking at it so much and then when it got announced for Fright Fest I was jumping up and down like a kid. <laughs> you know, sorry to kind of like butt in, but this no, to me has the elements of everything I need from a decent horror film because my favourite film of all time is actually not a horror film, which okay. might shock someone. My favourite film of all time is Clue. You're in very, very good company with that one, sir. Yeah, so I can quote that endlessly, you know. Oh, like... Plus two plus two plus one. <laughs> 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 I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. <laughs> flames, anyway, burning so, flames. Uh, flames, flames, burning flames. Extend my face, burning flames. That's so funny. Quite um, 
<laughs> but this is dark and I am frightened of the dark. Would anyone go with me? I will, I will. <laughs> but yeah, so going back to the Sorry, back. Back. Oh, God. This is going to turn into a clean podcast. It's not really, honestly. Anyway, so Ready or Not takes all the kind of tongue-in-cheek comedy of a comedy and darkness of Clue mm. with all of the horror elements of your next two films I feel very strongly about, mm -hmm. two films I fucking love. So obviously yeah. <laughs> throw them together and then throw in Samara even. Yeah. Who is I <sighs> the best thing I've seen her do yet. Um, she just seems to either the role is just entirely based on who she is, or she's just incredible at making it look like that's who she is because yeah. it doesn't look like she's acting. It doesn't look like there's any effort involved. She is just, so fucking natural and funny and brilliant and I can't say enough good things about her. I think if I ever mm -hmm. saw her in real life, I would just sort of go, <laughs> all the words would go. <laughs> just gibber. Yeah. When is the film actually out? Because it's getting a full cinema release. Cause I heard I really... 26th of September. I don't know how correct that is. That's, oh, I, that's a Thursday. Yeah, yeah, that seems okay. right. Because it's already out in the US now. Mm. Um, which and getting you know amazing reviews. You know you only have to go on YouTube and look at people uh, who are just absolutely just going crazy about the film and absolutely love it, <laughs> uh, which is fantastic. Which is absolutely great to see. And the fact that this film is directed by Radio Silence. So you say Radio Silence to people and they're like, who? So yeah, Radio that's, Silence. Sorry, that's me. <laughs> so there's Matt Bellini, Oplin, and Tyler Gillet who. Uh, directed Ready or Not under the banner Radio Silence, but these are the guys who actually brought us. Have you seen VHS? Oh yes, all of them. So the final segment in the first film in the house, the haunted house. Oh yes, that's Radio Silence. Oh, that's one of the best segments. In fact, that's yeah. the best segment, I think. <laughs> it was fantastic, though, mm. to see them go from this indie camp mm. to doing a film like this. And if you think Adam Wingard, who also did your next and the guest, yeah. again started with films like VHS, mm. and it's gonna be great and oh fantastic. <laughs> Amazing. So yeah, ready or not, so much fun, so dark, so twisted, so unbelievably funny. If you are a fan of Samantha, sorry, Samara Weaving, mm. um, then you need to see it. Yeah. You will be doing yourself an injustice. I was I've I've been lucky to see it with Fright Fest, uh, with the crowd there where everyone was laughing, cheering, <laughs> whooping. Part of the charm of going to see a film like this with Fright Fest. I've never seen that replicated in a cinema before no. until I saw it on Tuesday night. Oh really? Oh that's good. Yeah. Excellent. I was sat there in the cinema with just people who go on a regular basis uh to go watch whatever film and because <laughs> again it was a secret screening. Yeah. People did not know that it was ready or not. So when the title popped up, people audibly went, oh, my God, really? And I'm just, like, cheering. Yes! And, um, and then throughout the film, people started laughing, cheering along with the film, and by the end of it, everyone was just having such a good time. And to, to hear that with a regular audience outside of the spectrum is amazing. Yeah, and so, didn't know they were paying really... Well, was it a scream unseen? Yep, so it was only £5 ah, okay. a ticket. Which but but they knew it was horror, I mean, because yeah. I do so find even then horror audiences are a bit more game for that kind of thing. Yeah, know. so they knew very well off the bat it was going to be a horror film. Hmm. 
but they didn't know which. So okay. a lot of people thought it was going to be it, chapter two. Yeah. Um, but so yeah. They do that. <laughs> they need test screenings for that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. But no, it was fantastic. So definitely one to watch. It's funny, we, we went to see Quentin's new film the other day, and I don't know if you've seen it, but the uh, the end of it is very much in our our wheelhouse. And uh, Lavinia was just giggling and cheering top of her lungs at the violence at the end of this movie. And it was like, yeah. we were completely alone in that in our cinema. Like, these people must think we're sick. I don't care! <laughs> it's so funny. Okay. <laughs> we loved it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so uh, after that was Necrotronic, which we did not see. We didn't. What did we do instead? If somebody twisted my arm that finally I should go to the Phoenix for the karaoke because that's why we finish early on a Sunday night. <laughs> that's correct. Um, but just as I literally, uh, I got up and sang a song, as I always do every single year. And then probably two people after me, the police turned up and said, you're being too loud. We're stopping karaoke now. Oh, did they? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Too loud so, inside? Yeah. God because the Phoenix is um, in the basement of effectively uh, a theatre and then an apartment building. Mm. So, uh, yeah. But anyway. But it was a good night. I still had fun. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to say, I walked out during your song, but it wasn't personal. <laughs> oh, rude. <laughs> it took you that long to get up there. No, I was, I caught most of it. <laughs> it was excellent. <laughs> oh, thanks, pal. <laughs> it was right. like, so I walked down there, and the first time I said, no, it's closed, we've got another function on. So it was like, so the first time I couldn't have just got in there early and got a seat sort of thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> we had to queue up outside. But that was kind of cool, because I ended yeah. up, in the queue, because somebody abandoned me, um, and I ended up standing talking. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Did you just accuse me of abandoning you in the queue? Maybe. <clears throat> <laughs> I have... Right, okay. I said to you, hold on. This is going to make me sound like an in-dropper. I'm not actually this bad. So I saw Matt Mercer in the queue. Yeah. And I was like, right, okay, I've not had the chance to speak with Matt properly. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to have a quick word with him. So I'm talking to Matt. And then I motioned for you to come over to me. Did you? I missed that. Oh. Several times. No. <laughs> I didn't see you at all. That's so annoying because Matt is somebody I'd really like to chat to because I think he's awesome. But yeah, oh well. Have you I, met, yeah. I, I was introduced to him this year, but it was very brief. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, yeah, I tweeted you once, huh? Um, and that was it. So, um, yeah. Okay, next year. Next year. <laughs> He just seems genuinely you. lovely every time I've seen him around. Oh, him. he's the best Everyone guy. Everyone know knows him. Yeah. But it wasn't he's all bad because I ended up in the in the queue uh, talking to the director of Daniel Isn't Real. Um, oh, amazing. We, we got to inventing potential horror movie, animal animal attack horror movies that haven't, haven't been made yet. And he wanted to do a meerkat horror movie. I said, no, you couldn't do that because that would cause public outcry in the UK. He said, why is that? So he now knows about comparethemarket.com. And oh my God. Uh, <laughs> so that, I was having fun. It was fine. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't feel so bad now. <laughs> oh, well, opportunity missed. <laughs> I could, well, I'm just a dead gushing about how much I love Dementia Part 2 anyway. So. <laughs> oh, such a great film. I know I'd have been a fanboy. Uh, <laughs> right okay let's stop fangirling and but karaoke was fun I, oh I have to talk about karaoke actually because it's I think it ties into 
Um, I've got to check which discovery screen it was on and when. Just bear with me a second. Uh, I think it was Monday. Mm. Yes. Okay, Monday. We will get to that. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I've been sitting for a while, um, talking to our buddy Alistair at the karaoke, and then decided I'd better get home or I was just going to sleep through all of the movies the next day. And this guy went, I'm going to offend him by trying to do an accent here. Yeah. Hey, I love your T-shirt. Right, no, can't do it. Um, (laughs) I've been looking at my, I was shamelessly wearing my little pod of horrors T-shirt, which has got Mm -hmm. a pentagram on the back. Uh, I said, oh, yeah, it's my podcast, you know, just showed him the front. And he says, oh, I love a podcast. And I, tell me, so I helped him find it on his phone and he put it in, you know, his podcatcher. And yeah, yeah, there's a few on there. There's more coming, whatever. And um, then we got to, it was Paddy Murphy. <laughs> so, <laughs> For a second, I actually thought it was Paddy. I was thinking, I don't want to offend you. <laughs> I can't do an Irish accent. So I was going to, I thought, no, no, not going there. Don't offend the guy. Um, no, so basically, uh, he said, oh, I've got this movie, um, The Paris. I said, oh, yeah, brilliant. I said, I couldn't get, you know, I wanted to get any Discovery tickets. And he said, oh, you know, let me know. And he very nicely sent me a screen. So um, I haven't finished it yet, but loving it so far. But I said, that's, that's on Monday's list. But <laughs> yeah. um, we then realized afterwards that we were already friends on Facebook. Uh, we've both been guests on Strong Language and Violent Scenes. And we mm-hmm. are the two people who picked Jason movies. <laughs> that is true. And liked each other's turns on the, that show. So it was like, oh, yeah, you were... <laughs> it was a really weird <laughs> combination of things. We're like, that's Fright Fest, ladies and gentlemen. This, this, this is shit that can happen because uh, you wear a certain T-shirt. So uh, he's a thoroughly nice man. And I look forward to getting to know him better over the years because I think we are peas in the pod. If you listen to those two episodes... Of strong language and violent scenes, you'll you'll notice some similarities, I'm sure. So yeah, that was so that was a good day. I enjoyed Sunday. <clears throat> so thank thank you for making me get a karaoke. <laughs> You're more than welcome. You will have to say later next year. Yeah, yeah. Well, one one day I'll get digs nearby and not have to run a motorcycle home and actually have a drink. That'd be lovely. So <clears throat> even if just one night, just book a hotel for the one night. Mm. Yeah, but then is it karaoke or after party? Mm. Both. <laughs> Monday The Black String Did you catch that one? I did And was Malcolm good? Um, yeah. Yes and no um, It was a strange one um, You know Sort of Monday is always A strange kind of monster At breakfast uh, Simply because it's kind of the point where everyone's feeling the strain of staying up for so many hours, so many days, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And um, it can be quite draining. So just kick off a Monday with Black String from Brian Hansen, which is an absolutely insane little kind of horror in itself, is 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 definitely interesting. Um, I had very mixed feelings about the film going in. Um, but I'm kind of glad I did. It was different very by the numbers um otherwise not a bad um i believe it was uh brian hansen's feature debut um in all honesty mm. uh, in some ways it does it does kind of feel that way however it's delivered a complete film which 
it's great in some respect because it's an interesting concept. It's basically about this guy played by Frankie Muniz um, who is working in a convenience store, really down in his luck, clearly had a lot of uh, issues growing up, uh, not fully kind of developed as an adult. Yet. Yeah, he's not socially so, adapted yet, is he? Exactly. So he ends up uh, hooking up with this woman and then he contracts this kind of disease um which is slowly kind of taking over his body and then you know it's it becomes a race against time to kind of find the woman he's like with find out what's happening to his body mm-hmm. and kind of going from there so anyone who uh, has been to practice before will be aware of a similar kind of concept with the film contracted however what this is is more kind of on the occult side rather than an actual uh, STD, so yeah. it's all supernatural, uh, and it's all about um, stealing someone's soul, someone's identity, kind of thing, rather than just saying, "Yeah, your body's just dying." Essentially, um, concepts at first glance is all right, and then when the film starts to kind of develop its horror themes and sort of stripping back um, to become more, it comes towards the end. Um, it's just a mixed bag, really. Um, Nothing really stands out as memorable, but I certainly was not left bored by the film, which I guess is a, a strong testament, especially considering, you know, we're five days deep now. Yeah. Um, and I was lucky if I was getting maybe six hours a night, because mm. normally any day, otherwise I'd get very cranky. But <laughs> uh, I didn't fall asleep once. And, and I think if at this stage of the festival, I'm not even dropping off even once, Mm. then it's it's done the way. It's a strong film, yeah. It's a complete like you say, it's a complete film that obviously has doesn't have too many pacing issues and is proficiently done. It didn't blow me away, but there's nothing really wrong with it other mm-hmm. than maybe the story subject matter, the way it went, wasn't really my bag, but I didn't dislike it. I just yeah. don't it's just not anything I'll ever rave about, but um, yeah. it all all very well done. Mm-hmm. So yes. Damning with faint praise. <laughs> so. uh, there's, there's so much we could say about the film, but, you know, as a directorial debut, it's 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 entertaining. It promises to do what it promises to do. Uh, or, in fact, it promises to do what it does. Um, is it original? No. Is it mind-blowing? Certainly not. Is it entertaining? Yeah. I'd I'd say if we were going to mark it out a ten, I'd give it a, a six. So it's certainly above average. Yeah, I'll be with you on that. Uh, one. Yeah. Oh, do, do it. But, go on, do it. Fifty Shades of Death, because that's our scale. Fifty Shades of Death. Yeah, that's our that's our scoring scale on the, on the little pod of horrors these days. <laughs> um, I'm not quite sure. Well, because you always get people saying, "I'll give it five and a half stars." Well, if you're going to give it a half star, then you're marking it out of ten on you. So yeah. have a scale of 10. And they're like, well, if we have a scale of 50, you can do 36, 37. <laughs> I'd, I'd give it about 35. There you go. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, 35. But yeah, so yeah, that's about it, really. Cool. So uh, Satanic Panic next. Oh, this was one of the hardest decisions I've had to do ever at Fry Fest because mm-hmm. at the beginning of every single festival before they announce the lineup, I always select a wish list of 
five films that I'd love to see at Fright Fest kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the list was uh, Paulina McIntosh's Darling, yeah. um, the uh, Screen Queen documentary um, in regards to Nightmare on Street Part 2, mm-hmm. um, and The Wretched and Satanic Panic. And what does Fright Fest do? Puts Satanic Panic and The Wretched at the very same time made by directors who I think the world of. You have Chelsea Stardust as Satanic Panic playing in the main screen, and then you have good friends of mine, the Pierce Brothers, playing their second feature film, The Wretched. So I was left with the decision, where do I go? The Wretched. I think, well, I didn't see The Wretched, but I think you probably made a good move there. Yeah? Mm. See, I, I was told that um, Satanic Panic is not made for our kind of um, our crowd. It's a much younger kind of demographic. Yeah, it, it's. I, I don't think she helped with her introduction because she okay. sort of said, "This is my my death gasm." My I can't remember how she compared it to. She compared it to like three really sort of strong films. We like, oh wow, this is going to be amazing, and it unfortunately for me, fell short of that mark. It, it had charm, and it was yeah. funny in places, but it didn't track well, and I can't really put my finger on why. I was just okay. left a bit unsatisfied at the end of it. Again, there's no real... didn't really do anything wrong. I, I think probably a stronger script. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, just a bit weird at the end, really. But I, <laughs> it, it, I'd have to see it again, I think, to analyse it properly. Okay. And not be on day four of a festival of really strong movies, and yeah, if I if I could yeah. play on that on Shudder because of a cool poster, I'd probably have been pretty yeah. happy. So, okay. yeah. So that's definitely going to be one that's on my list that I'm definitely going to add it. Yeah. Um, so I will watch that, and then you and I will have a conversation when we've seen it. Yes, well, when I've seen it. Yeah. But um, <laughs> me and my lover in the Prince Charles Discovery screen, The Wretched, uh, mm. from directors Brett Pierce and Drew Pierce. The guys who brought us Deadheads back in 2011 um, takes on a, a a witch horror film, and you know what? Um, I was already uh, ready to kind of support these guys, and was kind of wasn't quite sure what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh my god, the Wretched was amazing! Really. Awesome. Yeah, um, right from the outset, the film was highly polished, had a lot of production value to it, um, and the plot itself is is really kind of cool, actually. So you've got, um, <laughs> basically, you've got this kid called Ben who uh, ends up moving with his dad um, to this kind of coast um, village, um, and he works at the marina with his dad. Um, and next door, a family move into the house and notice that something going on a bit strange on. So it's kind of, uh, I want to say it gave me a lot of Fright Night vibes. So kind of like the killer okay. next door kind of thing. Hmm. So the kid saw something happening with the mom and was like, hold on, that's not normal. Decides to kind of investigate and then uncovers the fact that um, there is actually a witch that's haunting the house and is cursing people and doing all kinds of stuff. And 
it's fantastic. Like I said, if you're a fan of Fright Night, this is a film to see. It's kind of like, you know, people don't believe uh, the kid that, you know, the witch does live next door until it's like too late. And then the final, the finale of the film just is perfect. Absolutely perfect. Um, and again, it's one of these films that I do not want to tell you any more about it because, again, the less you know about it, the more you're going to get out of it. it mm. It's fantastic. I See why I don't read anything? <laughs> yes, that's very true. That is very true. <clears throat> but promise me that you will see this film when you get the opportunity to do so. Will do. I, I, okay. I generally, you know, if stuff becomes available, I do try and make mm. the effort to catch the ones I missed. There's quite a few on discoveries that I would have wanted to look at and mm. just couldn't get the tickets. So, <laughs> um oh. Speaking of which, my next film, um, I couldn't get a ticket for either. Uh, but which I did was? get to see it. Um, it was the premiere of The Barge People, the world premiere. <laughs> Much anticipated film. Um, mm-hmm. A vested, intre- vested interest in this one because um, it's directed by Charlie Steeds, who, uh, with Mitch, does the Soho Horror Festival. Mm-hmm. Year, year two coming this year, can't wait. Um, so I saw his work, uh, Cold Skin, last year at that, which I enjoyed. And uh, also starring in this film is the amazing Natalie Martins, who's friend of the show as well. And uh, mm-hmm. she, she, I was like, yeah, i got to see this. It looked fun. Like canal boats and monsters. Come on. What, what could be better? Woo! 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 Oh, yeah! Hi, everyone. Uh, thanks so much for coming along to see it. Especially if pass holders who've taken the time out to come and see large people. Um, I'm not going to do like a long introduction, but we've got a while for the Q&A at the end. So uh, me and a lot of the cast are all here, so we'll answer all your questions. Sam will be helping out with that. So yeah, um, hope you enjoy the film. Um, the only thing I was going to say was, you know, like all, all back, good backwards horror movies, it starts out with, you know, this lovely canal holiday, but don't worry, horror fans, it does come. <laughs> <laughs> My grandma's in the audience, and that, that nice bit's the only bit she's going to enjoy. <laughs> 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 I hope you enjoy everyone. Thank you. This is probably the smallest screen at Fright Fest, and it was already, the public tickets that you could buy were already sold out before the festival passes went on uh, for booking. Because um, mm. it, yeah popular and a small screen so uh i texted natalie i said oh sorry i really wanted to see it but i'm not gonna be able to and um, basically her wonderful husband just said i've seen it let he can buy my ticket off me mm-hmm. so um i have to say massive thank you um because i really appreciate that and natalie's like oh the yeah, downside is that you have to sit next to me i was like oh shucks <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh what a shame that so was kind of fun and she, she plays opposite yeah. a guy in the movie who's one of these you know City types played up to be a bit of an asshole, and I just turned to her halfway through and just went, I don't know what you see in him. <laughs> um, but it was, I, I found, I don't know if it was such a small screen, or maybe it was a lot of people not from, maybe not a lot of pass holders got tickets, but there yeah. were bits where I just sort of wanted to go, Way! and like, it was such a quiet room. I was like, no one was like cheering the gory bits, so that was sort of like, I, I was behaving myself. <laughs> so I felt yeah. a bit self conscious. So, I felt for them a little bit on that one. I think if it, like a bigger, if, if it plays more of the festivals later this year, you know, maybe mm-hmm. Mayhem or Celluloid, somewhere like that, um, yeah, th- they could really do a scene a full auditorium reaction to it. 
Um, yeah. It's it's good fun. It's based on sort of you know old slasher sort of tropes, and it's it's basically I suppose I would say wrong turn on a boat on a barge boat. To be oh, that yeah, a bit that's of a, interesting <laughs> a crass description, but it did make me think yeah. in terms of that. Um, okay, and it's got some it's got some good fun moments um, and lots of lots of fishy faced mm. machete wielding maniacs. Basically, I mean, what's not to love? <laughs> um, I shall take your word on that. Yeah, it's, it's a great sort of some sort of eighty throwback titles and um, soundtrack and stuff like that. So it's yeah, it's it's, it's just well done, and uh, we really had a good laugh watching that. So uh, I missed Tales from the Lodge, which again when I came back, nobody was really singing its praises. So I don't know if you caught that one. No, I didn't. I was actually uh, watching Paddy's film, The Perished. Mm. Yeah. Course, same time. Yeah, that would have been a clash. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, not really much to say about this other than, you know, Paddy does some amazing things. Um, you know, he's he's done a couple of short films and this being uh, a step into feature is, is great feats for him. And what I do like about Paddy is the fact that he can write um, drama incredibly, incredibly well. Mm. Uh, it's just a shame that obviously due to budgetary, uh, budgetary limitations, um, that he, he isn't able to kind of fully pull off his horror elements, but he shows such great premise mm. as a filmmaker uh, and as a genre filmmaker as well. I just wish that on the back end of this, someone will actually realise his ability to tell a story um, and throw some extra cash his way, and then hopefully his next project be a little bit more polished. Mm. Um, and then I think, you know, Paddy will go places. He's fantastic. Yeah, because it's written directed, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I'm halfway through and it's strong so far. So, yeah. Um, Good. That's great to hear. Okay. Well, talk about, we'll talk more about that then once you've seen it. Yeah, I yeah I plan to do, well, I'm actually mm-hmm. hoping he will uh, date us with an appearance. So uh, we'll see if that comes off. <laughs> I'm sure if you ask him very nicely, well, he's always yeah. got time for people. Um, and then it was a, a quick, thanks, lovely to see you to Natalie, and then run across because... The Soska sisters were on. <laughs> it's rabid time. They were the guests of honour this year, and you always knew when they were in the building. Oh, of course you did. Yep. <laughs> um, to say they're loud is a bit of an understatement, uh, but they are, they're great fun um, to have around. <laughs> and they were mm-hmm. bringing their remake of uh, David Cronenberg's Rabid yep. for the European premiere, I think. Um, I believe so. It's not the world premiere. Might be the world premiere, actually. I believe so. Let me check my facts. Yeah. This would be Uh, important. Is it the world premiere? World premiere! We have the world premiere. There you go. Yep. So we were present at the world premiere of (laughs) Jen and Sylvia Soskett's Rabbit. Ah. Uh, Starring Laura Vandervoort. Now, I know her from loads of things, and she's one of those people I can never say what they are. But like she's super familiar. I think it's. <laughs> I was like hang myself with this now. I, don't I was going to say heroes. It's not. You. It's not heroes. It's something else. Loads of stuff. Well, I I got her mixed up because I thought she was the mum from Final Destination Four. You know who uh, goes to the hairdresser, and then for the entire film, I'm like, is it? Is it not? Is it? And that'll that'll kind of bite me in the ass. But, but no, um, she was great. She I think she is great. Mm. 
Um, what do you think of the film? I'm not seeing how I do anything bad. I, I really enjoyed it, but I had I have to preface it with I've never seen the original Rabbit. Okay. I know you're going to say get out, get off a horror podcast, you fucking pretender. Um, but I just I, I've never been a big one of Cronenberg's work anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Which again is sacrilege to say. It's just one of those things. I'm going to say don't <laughs> let Andrew Andy Stewart hear you say that. <laughs> You will never, ever go back onto strong language and violent things. <laughs> I know he likes his body horror. Um, mm-hmm. I don't mind body horror. It's just, I don't know. I haven't, I don't know. Maybe I need to do a cronenberg thumb. Maybe. And, and Maybe. See if, see if uh, later in life I've developed more of a taste for that sort of thing. But um, mm-hmm. I, in an ideal world, I would have wanted to catch, because they played the original on a discovery screen. Um, mm. I would I would have been good to double bill that, really, I think. But then maybe not. Because then I would have been comparing it. Uh, I I know there are a hell of a lot of references in it. They were they love his work and paid great homage to him as a filmmaker and his past works and stuff like that with it. Um, in terms of just me watching it as a new film with no context, um, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Um, it was appropriately batshit at the end, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. nice and gruesome in places. I did I did uh, I hate to say this in case that those sisters ever hear it and then kill me next time they see me like they'll remember meeting me um but uh, i did get the noddies halfway through but that was not the film that was just mm-hmm. it was monday afternoon after three yeah. days of about three hours sleep um so i was mm-hmm. fighting it a bit so the more sort yeah. of rabbity bits where <laughs> rabbity bits where people are getting sort of torn up in larger settings the, the bigger set pieces really i probably missed but i think the more nuanced parts of the story i got to you know soak up so i didn't really miss anything if that makes any sense yeah i totally get that um i just think um the Soskers did um, a fantastic job uh, you know this is their love letter to david cornenberg someone who they put high on a pedestal you know they're taking a much beloved film and not just making a beat for beat remake mm-hmm. they've reinvented the story they've put their own spin on uh, kind of updating it as well and uh, taking on current themes that are happening um and as a result of that i have delivered a film which not only looks great it's well acted the gore is fantastic yeah the body horror that he tries to emulate spot on absolutely yeah. fantastic it's a must watch for all cronenberg fans i myself i'm not well versed in cronenberg's past work mm. beyond obviously the most famous ones um such as you know fly uh, dead ringers um and all that kind of stuff um but yeah i think as a whole um it's actually an all right film um yeah i think it kind of loses itself kind of halfway through but uh, it's it's just like any true soska film um it knows how to pull its shit together towards the end mm. and boy does it end on uh a, and on a fantastic note, I I really enjoyed it. I came out of the film with a smile on my face mm-hmm. and uh, having the opportunity to uh, meet the girls after the screening as well and, yeah. you know, shake hands and say, well done. Um, mm-hmm. It was great. It's how they had a lot of love, not just for the film, but for, for the festival as well. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah, anyone wanting to see this, uh, I think if you're a diehard fan of the original and you you are actually wanting a make for, you know, a beat for beat remake, you are going to be disappointed. However, if you can appreciate this coming from um, a place of love and admiration for Cronenberg's work as a whole, rather than just rabid, uh, 
and then obviously uh, a fresh take on um, the story as well, um, and updated for modern audiences as well. Um, it's great. It's fantastic. I'd give it. We're going on Fifty Shades of Gore. Uh, probably yes. about a forty. Well, forty. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's it's by no means a perfect film. It does have its issues. However, because of the rest of the film being so highly polished and well acted and everything else, that fact, I can actually forgive them. And as a result of that, giving it quite a high score. So, mm. yeah. Can't argue with that. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. And the Q&A after, they were, they were fun introing it. And, and, and like, mm. no, no one has to like interview them. It's like, oh, you two, here's a microphone, get on with it. <laughs> I'm going down mm-hmm. the pub. <laughs> so. So much so that when they were doing the Q&A, they didn't actually need the microphone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> they had true director's voices. Oh, they do, yeah. Uh, so well, that's that's it then. We're on to the closer. We are, yeah. The final closing film of Brightfest 2019, which is, drumroll. <laughs> a good woman is hard to find. Uh, well, here we are now. Um, a good woman is hard to find. Um, well, that's the excuse I've been using to find my Let's have a, a very warm, frightless welcome back to the director of our closing night film, which I know you're all going to love, uh, Abner Pastol! <laughs>
Um, we have Matt Christie, composer. Also known as Makeup and Band, she said. Makeup and Band, she said. And we have Jun Young, our producer. I don't know where Richard Bell is, our VOP. He should be here. I don't know. And, and, and said. Ronan Blaney, our screenwriter. Now, come on, get it together. So, listen, you are. Uh, uh, so, yes. Adler read a Jill script and he really liked it and actually, even more so, wanted to actually direct it and work with you. That's essentially how this worked, right? Yeah, because I, I had only written the script and I sent it to my agent and Gene Young walked into his office about a day later and then Adler read it about 24 hours after that. So, that was the quickest turnaround I'd ever had. And within 48 hours, this script was. Made. Uh, in, in here, right. We might actually need subtitles for you. Uh, just <laughs> I can't. <laughs> but no, so that's good. I mean, I, you must have been really. I mean, what happened? Did you did it give you any ideas? Is there anything added that you you know are in? Practically, what you're going to see on screen is 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 a first draft, with ex the exception of a few Adler's add-ons. You know, so. Yeah, the, the script was written really quickly, um, written a lot in anger, I suppose, against austerity. It's just a real political thing to the, to the script, right. and uh, a subtext about you know the way people are living now, where you know, trying to scribble in. So um, yeah, it was um, a, a, a work of passion. So um, okay. hopefully that transforms on the screen. People appreciate. And uh, Matthew, just to give us a bit of uh, you know. Oh, look at that. Hey, insight into the whole uh, soundtrack. Uh, just had a good relationship with Abner. Um, I think it was just, it was easy. We just, uh, it was a true collaboration. He was in, deep into the edit as we were working, and <coughs> it's not the most ideal way to do it, but we, we worked it out. It was good. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, listen, everyone wants to see the movie. Yes. We're running slightly late. Just so, before we start. A good woman is hard to find. Thank you, everybody. Please, please can everybody stay through the credits and watch all of the names that helped to make this movie because it wasn't all just me. And that's all I'm going to say. Okay. okay. You've heard the man. Do what he said. Thank, Thank you, guys. You. See you later. See you outside. That's right, director Abner Pastel returns to Fright Fest mm -hmm. with um, a very edgy thriller uh, starring Sarah Bolger, who audiences may recognise from um, Emily. Um, yeah, um, she's back doing, again, another fantastic performance. Um, and a character, yeah, exactly, a character which is completely opposite to the role she played in Emily. In this one, she plays a single mum who's trying to come to terms with her husband's recent murder, uh, looking after her, her two children in a life of poverty. Uh, and as a result of that, um, she gets involved with the local mobsters and uh, the gangs and everything around there. And she's just doing her best to try and um, make best of a, a really shitty situation. Yeah. And what Abner does here is he... He scares me, Abner Pastel. He really does. And I said, to, I said this to him as soon as I came out of the screening. I went, Abner, 
brilliant film. And it's like, oh, thank you. One of the most nicest, really well-spoken gentlemen uh, who you will ever meet. Mm-hmm. And I just went, I like the film, but you scare me. And he had such a grin on his face. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that, that, was, that was a bit too much. And at that point, I was like, right, I've got to go. But you know what? It, I wouldn't say it was perfect to end Fright Fest with. Um, mm. But it was a strong contender, and I'm glad I stayed. It left seemed to leave everybody on that high that we like. It, it was no train to Busan, but no. I think I preferred it as an end film to climax because yes, climax left you feeling like you'd been run over. Like so you, if that elates you, fine. That's not going to elate everybody. So this this film left everybody like with a bit of a fuck yeah moment walking out of the cinema and I, I think that's the sort of thing you need to end the festival um funny as yeah. this film started and it you know it's a it's a council estate and it's just like oh god it you know this sort of homegrown movies like that and i'm like oh, they always mm-hmm. make me feel like this is why i didn't get on with possum um, mm-hmm. i never made it to the end of possum because the 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 dank sort of council estate feel to everything. It was just like, that was my fucking childhood. I don't want to go back and relive this. You know, it's like, I I try to move away from that. And these films bring you back in. And I know it's important that they do so, but um, very quickly, I forgot that um, because it became all about her performance, what was happening, the story. um, And like, Oh fuck, you didn't, you know, and stuff like that going on. And Uh by the end of this film, I was in love with it. I thought it was brilliant. And, I think the observation was made that, like, if these the Oscars weren't so stuck up about these sort of things and other types of films were considered, her performance was just something else. I think mm-hmm. she's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, the danger of festival brain overhyping it, but, you know, having mm-hmm. had a couple of weeks to di- digest, I still think it's a really bloody strong movie. Oh, it so. is. Uh, I think this is actually going to be released via Fightfest, but don't quote me on that, but right. uh, the Fightfest Presents label. But okay. yeah, this is certainly something that people should should look at. Mm. So yeah, so I guess that was Fightfest. Now, there's a couple I want to mention that I wish I'd got to see. Um, mm-hmm. To Your Last Death, I really want to see. Okay. Which is the, uh, it's the animated film with Morena Baccarin, Ray Wise, Bill Mosley and William Shatner doing the mm-hmm. um, some of the voice work. Um, the yeah. trailers for this look amazing. Uh, okay. I didn't talk to anyone who actually got to see it, so I don't know what the the general feel of it was. But it certainly looks pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, the other one, I heard some people talking about Death of a Vlogger, mm-hmm. which also sounded interesting. Um, but the main one <laughs> I wanted to see, but there's again no chance of getting the tickets. Somebody's done. As far as I can tell, it's a horror version of the Banana Splits. Yep. Which I always thought were the creepiest fucking things when I was a kid. Like, the kids' TV show creeped me out. Making these into a horror property is one of the most genius things I could think of. (laughs) So I need to know when and how this comes out so I can see it. (laughs) (laughs) It's already out now. It's out now. Yeah. Fantastic, right. It's out, it actually came out on the Monday of Fright Fest ending. Right. I, I'm going to go find oh. it then. Yeah, so Bingo, Flegel, Drooper and Snorky, the zany collective better known as the Banana Splits, are coming back with a vengeance and a body count. I mean, that's all you've got to say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I 
I have the DVD here, uh, so I'm going to watch that. But yeah, I've not seen it myself. So, I mean, as soon as I came out of Fright Fest, the two films that I wanted to watch was, again, The Banana Splits and Critters Attack. Yeah, um, some so, not so positive things about that. Sadly, it's not any good. Mm, I love Critters. And if, mm. if someone said to me, you know, Critters and Gremlins came out the same year, which one of those do you prefer? I would always sit firmly in the Critters camp. I would. I know, right? <laughs> I, I've got very fond memories of the first film. I used yeah. to love it. Uh, first and second, in fact, what's the one in the tower block? Is that the third one? That's Critters 3 with Leonardo DiCaprio. I love that film. <laughs> so, yeah, it I was did. Critters all the way when I was young. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad to hear that. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, but that's right. Really... It's, it's more than yeah. you can ever watch, which is the frustrating thing about it. <laughs> and you know what? I feel like I've actually it's really uh, kind of revisited those five days, and I'm absolutely so shattered. <laughs> no it's 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 great fun it's great fun it always is uh ends on a bang with the after party at the phoenix um which is great fantastic always it's kind of a bittersweet moment because it mm. it's great to have so many of your friends in the room um but then it's also kind of the point where you go actually i'm not going to see most of you guys for another year that's quite sad it is you always get the blues afterwards but then it's always the same on the Thursday night. We're going, shit, it doesn't seem that long since I saw you. <laughs> so mm-hmm. The year does come around pretty quick. So, exactly. So it's made easier by um, Halloween and Glasgow, you know, mm. Glasgow, if you can do them, but they're getting increasingly difficult for me these days to hit. So it really is sort of becoming a yearly engagement for me at the moment. But Yeah. Well, that's um, life though, isn't it? So, yeah. But I, this is not to be missed, honestly. It's... <laughs> but still the most fucking stressful day of the year is always the getting the tickets day i, I hate it i, I don't look yeah. forward to it i i kind of just want to run away and hide and somebody say you've got a ticket at the end of it all because mm-hmm. like my heart rate goes up to about 140 i shit you not i look at my mm-hmm. watch and i'm like this this is not good for me <laughs> and it's hard the fact that you book multiple seats as well whereas i'm yeah. just booking my own <laughs> Yeah, well, we do. Yeah, we like to sit the bipeds together. It's kind of tradition now. <clears throat> exactly. Although, yeah, the, the the food runs get ever more ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Chinese so bakery has a lot to answer for. <laughs> <laughs> I put on four pounds that weekend. It's only once a year. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay, so I think that's everything then, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that just remains for me to say thank you ever so much again for indulging me. We, we've been good. This is only an hour and 40. That's mm. unedited. <laughs> that, hopefully I could bring this in under the two hour mark. That That's going to be, Woo. that's a first yeah, three, for Fright Fest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, well, we, we will have to do a pickup show on some of those films we've mentioned that we're going to try and get hold of and see um, yeah. if you're up for it. Yeah, maybe we could do like a, a top five, I don't know, missed favourites from Fright Fest or something like that. Yeah, then we're going to do that across years, yeah. actually, because there's still some I haven't called from previous years. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, we should do that. Cool. Well, thank you very much, sir. Um, Always a pleasure. Everybody listening, if uh, you want to send email, you can send it to thelittlepodofhorrors at gmail.com. Uh, big thank you to the Legion Network for having us aboard. And uh, this will be the first of many, I promise. I don't know what the release schedule is going to be yet, but there will be more. 
Um, and it is festival season, so that's definitely a thing. Mm-hmm. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you. The dog hates us singing. <laughs> we know how Listen, he feels. Guys, um, what would you say? Thank you for making this 20th anniversary year one of the best ever and one of the most special for us. And I'm so glad you had a great time with all the movies we showed. So thank you so much. <laughs> We've said it before, we're going to say it again for all of you who've been with us for the long haul. Thank you so much. Um, it means so much to us when you come up and thank us for everything that we've done. But to be honest with you, we owe you that as well because you know we could not have done this without you. And we will never, ever stop saying that. So thank you again so much. There's two people who are really important to us, and we're going to bring them up to join us. And it's like the fourth and the fifth Beatles. No, not you, Richard. <laughs> Claire and the lovely Helen. <laughs> now, literally, we basically do everything I used to do to make these three look fabulous. And it's made such a difference to us actually being not stressed, being able to actually, the last two years, we've actually enjoyed the event, which frankly, I wasn't before it. So ladies, <laughs> I love you both, thank you very much. <laughs> and yes, Richard, we love you too. <laughs> oh, just, yeah, I just want to say, uh, having people here that help us, uh, really invaluable help. I like to plug my PR bloke who is just amazing. Uh, Paul Smith, take a hand. Sorry, what? Everybody else. So uh, the Empire staff that will be uh, what, what's it called now? The Senate, the View. Senate World Leicester Square. Have a word with them. And of course the Prince Charles. Thank you to. Um, I'd like to thank the Phoenix as well. No, particularly. Um, and well, yes, thank you for that. Um, and the Prince Charles Parade. Sorry? Okay. And the Prince Charles, who have also been bloody amazing all weekend. Yeah. And also, all of our incredible volunteers, about 40, 50 of them, a minute goes so smoothly. Woo! Hey! film companies to let us show all the films, all the directors who have come in from around the world to be with you guys and for all the freebies and stuff like that. We hope you've had a great time. Thank you.